ASAP. Any score, any place, we'll pull up on your boat, anger, don't bang. Bro, who's making this? No, wait, Who did it? Let's go! Come on! I'm so tired from watching. 90 yard touchdown! 90 yard touchdown! That's what I'm doing. What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogemeyer. And before we get started this season, get football on your time with NFL Game Pass. See all the action from every game with full game replays. You can also replay an entire game and catch all the plays in just 45 minutes with condensed games. Go to NFL.com slash Game Pass to start your free trial today. NFL Game Pass, where football never stops. We are two writers from San Diego Sports Domination, San Diego's top sports blog, who have been covering the Chargers now for over five seasons, doing our own Facebook live show, Chargers Domination Live, which airs weekly during the season on Facebook. And this is our third season as the host of the Locked on Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. All right, guys. Well, happy crossover Thursday. Uh, We're doing it a little bit differently this season. We are pushing the crossovers back a day to make things easier for the host. So today, I'm going to be joined by Jake Lisko and also James Rapine from the Locked On Bengals podcast to ask me a few questions about where I see the weaknesses for this Chargers team going into the game and the strengths I see for them. And then to wrap up the show, we're going to be asking them some questions about what to expect from Joe Burrow, getting A.J. Green back, and maybe some players that may be susceptible for the Bengals side of things. But we're going to start with the news that the Chargers have officially picked their captains. And we've also got to see the first injury report. And there wasn't a lot of names on there, but there was a couple of important ones. But let's go ahead and get into it. On Wednesday, the Los Angeles Chargers released their first injury report and also selected their team captains. This is Daniel Wade, joined by David Drogemeyer with your Locked On Chargers lead story. Earlier in the week, head coach Anthony Lynn told the media that the captains for the Los Angeles Chargers would be picked later on in the week, and we have officially received those on Wednesday, and the captains are as follows. There are two returning players on the list, which are Melvin Ingram and Mike Pouncey, which are not surprises for anybody that follows the Chargers. Both guys are leaders in the locker room and also have a very big vocal presence as well. But there were three first comers to the list for the Chargers, and that was Hunter Henry, the tight end, Casey Hayward Jr., the cornerback, and starting quarterback, Tyrod Taylor. And the one I guess I was most surprised by, David, even though none of these guys are totally vocal leaders, had to be Hunter Henry. And it's really good to see that even given all the injuries and having all these players see how hard he worked to come back for him, that he ends up being a captain this season. Yeah, he said that he was really surprised when he got the news uh, that he was going to be elected as a captain for the Chargers, but he's got to feel really good about this honor. He's always said that he's not a rah-rah type of leader. He's a guy that's just going to go out there and lead by example. He's going to get things done in the weight room. He's going to go out there in the football field and be very highly productive. So yeah, a great honor for Hunter Henry to be a leader, to be elected a captain for this Chargers football team in 2020. And one really surprised me is that Casey Hayward, this is the first time he's been a captain for the Chargers. That is a huge, huge surprise, just given the fact that Casey Hayward has been one of the most dominant cornerbacks in the NFL since he has been in the league, especially 
with the Chargers. He's just been the model of consistency, Daniel. He's just been so great over so many years. And then, of course, you got Tyrod Taylor. I mean, it's pretty much an automatic for the starting quarterback to be elected as a captain. But Tyrod Taylor is the first in the building, last to leave type of guy. We saw that on Hard Knocks. That was a really good insight into what type of person Tyrod Taylor is. And you can also tell that these players really highly respect Tyrod Taylor. He is also a nine, 10 year veteran in the NFL. So he's earned that as well. But Tyrod Taylor, Casey Hayward and Hunter Henry captains for this Chargers team in 2020. Absolutely. And all three guys have been able to prove what they're able to do on the field. And for Tyrod Taylor, I think it's just notable to do it in a short amount of time, especially taking the place of someone like Phillip Rivers. And I think when it's come to social justice or any other thing with the Chargers, Tyrod Taylor is the guy that's giving these messages to the team. And you can tell that these guys really do respect him. And I think that is a big honor for him. And I think it is big for this team that he has the respect in his first season as the starter but we also saw the injury report for the Chargers for the first time this season and there were a couple of names that we expected to see on there including Mike Pouncey who did not practice and still looks like he is obviously in doubt for week one and also Mike Williams who did practice with the Chargers in a limited capacity just with a helmet on on Wednesday and was running around but there were a couple other names that don't get talked about as much that popped up for the Chargers and that was Tyrod Taylor who was a full participant with a calf injury in Virgil Green who was also a full participant with a quad injury, but we didn't really know about these players' injuries, and both players will be very important in Week 1 against the Bengals. They definitely will be, but the Chargers organization is pretty notorious for keeping injuries close to the vest until they have to disclose them with the injury report. So you see Virgil Green pop up with a quad injury, uh, but he was a full participant in practice, and he it's really important that he's ready to go out there because there is not a lot of experience behind him. You got two guys in Donald Parham Jr. and Steven Anderson who impressed in training camp enough to be able to make the 53-man roster, but they're wild cards. They just haven't done a lot in, in the NFL. They have very little experience, and you just don't know what they're going to be able to do at this level. And then Tyrod Taylor Seeing that he has an injury is, is a little bit of a concern for sure because he's a mobile quarterback. He gets out there, he tries to make things happen and extend plays, and you have to wonder if this calf injury is going to change the way he plays the game or affect his mobility. And also, I think it's important to note that Anthony Lynn did say that if anything does happen to Tyrod Taylor, that Justin Herbert, the sixth overall pick, is in fact the backup, and he will go into the game in the event that Tyrod Taylor gets hurt. Yeah, it is as we expected when we saw the first depth chart. They are okay with putting him out there, and hopefully we don't have to see that, but Tyrod Taylor having a calf injury, knowing the type of quarterback that he is trying to escape from the pocket, that could definitely affect him and maybe put him more at chance for an injury if he's already dealing with something, and now Justin Herbert would have to step up for the team whether he's ready or not. But you have to wonder if that's going to affect the play calling as well for Shane Steichen, knowing that Tyrod Taylor could be a little bit banged up. But for the most part, this is a pretty small injury report for the Chargers, and we should know more about Mike Williams and his chances of playing on Sunday later on in the week. But we do have two more segments to get into. It is crossover Thursday, so we're going to be joining the Locked On Bengals to first talk about what I expect from the Chargers going into this game against the Bengals and the weaknesses and strengths. And I'll flip around and ask them some questions about the Bengals at the end of the show. But first, 
This season, get football on your time with NFL Game Pass. You can catch every snap from every game with full game replays and see all of the plays in just 45 minutes with condensed games. You can relive all the gutsy calls, crazy catches, wild comebacks, and breakout stars from every game every week. It's all the action, the football you can handle all in one place, and NFL Game Pass is the only place you can replay every game all season long. You'll also learn from the league's best players with over 40 NFL Game Pass film session episodes, Go inside the game from a player's perspective as they break down the game's concepts and techniques. Learn from the best like Deshaun Watson, Stephon Gilmore, Devontae Adams, and many more. NFL Game Pass also provides access to the entire NFL Films Archive. All you have to do is go to NFL.com slash Game Pass to start your free trial today. NFL Game Pass, where football never stops. It's crossover time, which is something I didn't think I would say here on the Locked On Bengals podcast, but we're just a couple of days Uh, From week one in the Bengals and the Chargers playing at Paul Brown Stadium. And for more on Los Angeles, let's welcome in Daniel Wade from Locked On Chargers. Make sure you follow him on Twitter at DanTalkSports. Daniel, let's dive into this Chargers team and let's start with quarterback Tyrod Taylor gets the start. Uh, He's the team starter. It sounds like he's the clear cut QB one was this a surprise? Did Justin Herbert compete and battle in camp at all? Or was this just a foregone conclusion that the veteran out of Virginia Tech was going to be the week one starter? I mean, I would say foregone conclusion. I don't think there's anything that the Chargers are trying to hide as far as you know, Justin Herbert needing to learn. I mean, they've been very upfront with some of the things that he struggled with and some of the things they've been trying to have him work on. Specifically, you know, taking snaps under center, learning protections in the NFL and things like that. And they said they want competition at every position. They said Justin Herbert was going to be able to compete for the starting spot. But I think it would have been a huge surprise had he come away being that week one starter, especially with the allegiances to Tyrod Taylor from Anthony Lynn's time in Buffalo. So the Chargers will be rolling out with Tyrod Taylor. And I think, you know, the biggest thing for him will be trying to continue his ways in Buffalo as far as limiting the turnovers because the Chargers had a negative 17 turnover margin last season. So, I mean, we put our over-under for the season at zero, and that would still be, you know, a 17 takeaway giveaway advantage. But I actually like Tyrod Taylor more than maybe some people do. I just did, you know, watch about 30 of his games in Buffalo and in, in Cleveland. And I think his accurate short passing, his pretty nice deep ball, if he has Mike Williams out there, will be okay for this team. But I definitely think there's a lack of excitement with him, and I definitely think he's going to probably take some sacks on Sunday. Looking at this team and talking about sacks, I think that there might be a lot of similarities between these teams in terms of strengths and weaknesses. And and one of those areas was one-score games last year. The Bengals awful in one-score games. The Chargers awful in one-score games. Another one, by the way that I'm reading it anyway, looks like the offensive line where Sam Tevy, Dan Feeney, and even to some extent Mike Pouncey at this point in his career all look like favorable matchups to me for the Bengals. On the other hand, I'm pretty afraid of Austin Eckler as a receiver. I'm pretty afraid of Hunter Henry as a receiver because the Bengals don't do a great job of covering tight ends and running backs as receivers. So my question to you, Dan, is what one matchup when the Chargers are on offense scares you the most and what other matchup should scare Bengals fans the most when the Chargers have the ball? I mean, it has to be the left side of that offensive line. I mean, anybody who listens to my shows knows I haven't pulled any punches when talking about the fact that the Chargers took one of the worst right tackles from 2019 and then made them into made him into their starting left tackle 
going into 2020. I think, you know, Trey Pipkins was thought to be the prohibitive favorite, and he's still a third-round pick coming out of a Division II college. So, I mean, I guess you were just hoping for upside there, you know, the chance to develop into something better. But instead, you're getting the same thing that you have gotten. And Dan Feeney, for him to be at the left guard position and really go into this camp with no competition at that position, I mean, Forrest Lamp and him have been going back at and forth the last couple of seasons. But this year, he just went in as the starter. No one really competed with him at all. It was just a given that he was going to have it. And I think that the Chargers will do some things to try to protect Tyrod Taylor from that left side of the line. I think you'll see a lot of movement. I think you'll see him rolling out a lot and also getting rid of the ball quickly, whether it's wide receiver screens or just throwing and dumping it off to Austin Eckler and, and letting him do the rest, which is one of their favorite plays from 2019. But I mean, that left side of the offensive line is the absolute weak spot for this Chargers offense. If you're looking for a strength, I think that the running game will be so much better than it has been. I think it was around 1,450 rushing yards in 2019. You didn't necessarily get a lot better in front of him with the lineman, but you did get a much better offensive line coach in James Campen, who has had a lot of success in this league. And I think with the guys that they have now and having Josh Kelly, I was never a big fan of Melvin Gordon. I think Joshua Kelly as a rookie, as a fourth round pick, could have a decent sized role in with the team even as soon as week one. And I think he brings the physicality and the Chargers running backs, Austin Eckler and Justin Jackson are about as elusive as it gets. So I think it's him versus the tackling of this Bengals defense that's really going to be scary for the for Bengals fans. Let's switch gears and, and discuss the defense. Uh, obviously, when you look at this Chargers defense, Joey Bosa, Melvin Ingram, they stand out right away. And I know we've spent a lot of time talking about how in the, the world the Bengals are going to block those guys. And we could do more of that in a second. But where's the weak point? To me, on paper, I would say linebacker. But when you invest a first-round pick in a guy like Kenneth Murray, I would assume that Chargers fans are probably feeling pretty good about that unit. How is that unit right now, and is that a matchup that maybe the Bengals could exploit? I think when you're looking at the Chargers in defense specifically, I think that Justin Jones, first of all, a defensive tackle. I mean, you've heard a lot of hype about him coming out of training camp for him this year. He is the starting defensive tackle alongside Limbaugh Joseph, and I think Limbaugh Joseph will be a huge upgrade over Brandon Meebane. But I still have some big question marks about him. And for this linebacking group, I think that Drew Tranquil is a guy that not a lot of people are talking about, but came in last season as a fourth-round pick and really turned into a very dependable linebacker. I think he'll be playing the weak side linebacker position with Kenneth Murray starting at the mic. And I think that I don't know if it's going to be a strength or a weakness at this point. I mean, of course, you can project what rookies are going to do, what a second-year player and Drew Tranquil is going to do. But with no tackling, really, so far during this training camp, with no preseason games, it's hard to know how these guys are going to tackle. But I will say that this, even if that's the weakness, this is the best Chargers linebacking core in probably five or six years. I think there's a similarity there too, right, James? Because when we've talked about the Bengals linebackers, yeah, they bring in Josh Bynes from Baltimore where he's – a fine, really two-down linebacker, and they draft three, and we're suddenly feeling a lot better. Of course, one of those linebackers that wasn't as good as maybe he could have been was Nick Vigil last year, who you guys now have as a backup over in Los Angeles. I will say, to your credit, I did like Drew Tranquil as a prospect, but had some serious concerns about his injury history, so I hope he can stay healthy and have a productive career. But let's talk about a strength-on-strength matchup in the secondary, and you can tell me 
what the Chargers' plans are for Chris Harris, whether they're going to let him play in the slot or let him play outside, which is probably his preference, or force him to play in the slot where he's been elite throughout his career. I mean, these guys, Desmond King, Casey Hayward, Chris Harris, it's hard to hard for me to think of a better starting three corners on any team in the NFL. But again, we talked about the wide receivers a little bit. This is a strength-on-strength thing to me with guys like A.J. Green, John Ross, and Tyler Boyd testing them. How do you see that matchup going, and where's Chris Harris going to play? So basically, coming out of his own mouth, what he says is going to happen is in the base formation, when there's two cornerbacks out there, he is going to be on the outside. When they go into nickel, he will be in the slot, and then Michael Davis will go out to the outside. And I think Michael Davis is the biggest question mark. If you're trying to find a place to attack this Chargers defense, I mean, he was in a competition with Brandon Faison, a very little-known guy that was still able to push him, even though Davis has been a starter for the last couple of years. He has all the athleticism. He has problems turning his head around, which I'm sure you know everyone has yelled their TV for a corner, not turning his head around, even though he's in great position to make a play. So especially not having Derwin James now, on that back end to try to, you know, erase some of the mistakes. I think that Michael Davis is the guy to really target out of those three guys. And in nickel formation right now, Desmond King isn't even on the field, Hmm. at least as far as it's been so far. I mean, he had a little bit of a falling out with the team last year. Last year, I mean, if you watch the games, he actually wasn't good. I mean, in the slot, he gave up a ton of yards. He didn't tackle as well as he normally did. Now he's listed as the backup safety and the backup corner. So Desmond King, I think, is a true wild card. They say they want to implement him in all these ways, and he's going to get moved around this defense, and I think that helps with a wide receiving core that's as deep as the Bengals are. But I think if you're looking for a weakness in the guys that are starting, I think that it's Michael Davis on the outside. All right, well, before we get back to the Locked On Bengals crossover, I need to tell you guys that this episode is also brought to you by rockauto.com, the only place to go if you need something for your car, any type of part. You can find it with rockauto.com, and the best part about it is you don't have to go from store to store searching for what you need because rockauto.com has the largest inventory, and you don't have to worry about it being in stock at a traditional chain storefront. You can get anything you need there, and you know you're getting it for the best price because rockauto.com will not be beat on their prices, and whether you're a daily driver or a mechanic, you're going to get the same price, and all you have to do is go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck and write locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. All right, guys, well, welcome to the first edition to our first ever NFL Crossover Thursdays. We're going to be changing up the day of it this weekend. Today, we are joined by hosts of the Locked On Bengals podcast. We got Jake Lisko and James Rapine here. And I have a bunch of questions for you guys just because, I mean, it's a much different team than you guys had last year, obviously. You know, with the worst record in the league, there have to be some improvements. But all eyes right now will be on number one overall pick, Joe Burrow. And I know the hype train for him has been crazy But what are your expectations for the rookie quarterback going into week one, obviously knowing that there hasn't been any preseason games in this, you know, limited training camp? If there's anything that's going to slow Joe Burrow down to me, that's really it. The fact that he hasn't had an opportunity to get out there and play an actual NFL-ish football game, because I wouldn't call a preseason game a full-on NFL football game. But you at least get a feel for the speed, right? You get a feel for the kinds of players that are at that level at some point at some level anyway. And so missing that is really the only, and it's a significant question, but the only question I have, I think that Joe Burrow has checked all the boxes. I think that if you're looking for a franchise quarterback 
in this day and age. He's been incredibly impressive. He's drawn very specific and targeted praise from his teammates on both sides of the ball from things like making checks before the play in such a way that starting tight end CJ Uzama described it as, I didn't even know we were allowed to make that check. And starting free safety, Jesse Bates talking about how good he is at manipulating coverages. He, he's really checked all the boxes and, and Bengals fans that have been used to kind of a middle of the road quarterback and Andy Dalton. And of course he had his best year in 2015 when he was better than that. But by and large, middle of the road guy and Andy Dalton are going to be very impressed and very happy with the Joe Burrow era. Yeah, I mean, I don't have any doubts about Joe Burrow at all. I think it's just how long before he kind of gets to that level where he's just universally recognized as a good quarterback in the league. But obviously one thing that's going to be important for him is getting a healthy A.J. Green back, and I'm sure you guys are excited to see that as well. But especially with how good Tyler Boyd has become in his absence and how much he's really taken advantage of that opportunity, how big do you think it is for this offense to have Green back on the outside? It's huge, absolutely huge, because – as good as Tyler Boyd is and as good as this wide receiver unit is, none of those guys are A.J. Green. And the, the ability that he has, uh, you know, physically, 6'4", you know, 220, but he is a smooth route runner and he can stretch the field and he's a red zone threat. And we know what he brings when he's on the field. And unfortunately, he hasn't been. But when you're talking about Joe Burrow and a guy that is going to take his lumps in year one, it's much better when you you look at him and you're saying, all right, well, he's got this guy in A.J. Green who can make plays, who can bail him out at times, because that's what Green did for a lot of his career. He made multiple uh, millions and millions of dollars bailing out Andy Dalton on bad throws here and there. And I, I think he can do that for Burrow this year. And I also think Burrow can give Green some new life after what's been a, a stale and injury-riddled past couple of seasons in Cincinnati um, so if he can stay healthy, and it is a big if, he's not listed on the injury report this week, but if he can stay healthy, I think he can be a big part of this offense, and not just numbers-wise, but his presence as well, because Tyler Boyd looks up to AJ, John Ross looks up to AJ, those guys in, in the, the wide receiver room, they see 18 and they know how great he is, and so just to have him out there, I think it's going to give the whole room a boost, and it'll uh, make life much, much easier on Joe Burrow. I think another guy that's going to benefit a lot from Joe Burrow is Joe Mixon, who has had, you know, been really good in his short career so far, but now he has a real quarterback. So how big do you think it'll be for him now that teams will at least have to hesitate to stack the box? The thing is, I don't think Joe Mixon really faced many stack boxes in 2019. So if you're looking for him to, uh, it's, the offense might benefit him because they might spread it out a little bit more. They might adopt some of that LSU five guys in the pattern stuff or four guys in the pattern stuff, do a little bit less max protect, which they did a lot of last year. And some of that might force defenses to declare a little bit more, might benefit mm -hmm. Mixon in that sense. Overall though, the, the Bengals really figured out how to run the ball in the second half of the year last year when they started running, they, they went away from the Rams style zone game that the NFL seems to have solved for the most part. And obviously there's still a lot of zone runs in the NFL, but they started going to more of a gap scheme. They started running a toss play with pulling some of the interior linemen, some guards tackle pulls as well. All of that was really beneficial for Mixon. So I don't know how much the presence of Joe Burrow directly impacts Joe Mixon because so much of running backs we know is tied directly to the run blocking that you get in front of you, 
The thing that Mixon does really well, though, we also know, is he makes your angles bad. So the the one part that I'm looking for, some improvement in Joe Mixon's game that I think can directly be tied to Burrow, is Burrow was great at using his running back in the passing game at LSU. And something that we've been asking for in Cincinnati since they drafted Joe Mixon was use him in the passing game. He's shown that he has a capability right. to play really well as a receiver, and we just haven't seen it yet. So maybe Burrow gets him more involved that way. And we all know, based on based on tons of research, that running plays are less, uh, what's the word I want to use here, efficient than passing plays, even when the running back gets a ball in either of those plays. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and he's been pretty good with, I mean, the last time the Chargers played the Bengals, it was Jeff Driscoll. So I think he'll be all right. But switching over to the other side of the ball, one of the key matchups I see for this game is the Chargers who, you know, say that they're going to really focus on the running game this season and something that Anthony Lynn has wanted to do all along. Going up the Bengals defense, their run defense specifically, that gave up the most rushing yards last season. And obviously they have a ton of talent on that defensive line already, and they added guys like DJ Reader, and they also added Mike Daniels and a revamped linebacking core. They got a lot of the linebackers I liked coming out of the draft, but... How big do you think that matchup is going to be and how much improved are you expecting this Bengals rush defense? That's the game. I think it'll be settled right there. Does does Austin Eckler have a bunch of plays and, uh, you you know, not only running the ball, but in the passing game, does he make these linebackers miss in the open field, which is reasonable to expect considering the Bengals didn't go live much in training camp. They weren't tackling, you know, very rarely did they tackle. You're talking about a young unit. Uh, at linebacker, and there were no preseason games. So we know Austin Eckler's slippery already, but it's uh, it's much, much tougher probably, and it's going to be an even bigger challenge this Sunday. Uh, I, I think it'll be settled there, and the Bengals really prioritized uh, getting better uh, against the run this offseason. They bring in a DJ Reader, who uh, is the highest-paid nose tackle in the game, and, and they did that because they specifically wanted to get better against the run uh, and he obviously can do uh, a bunch of different things on the interior of that line but you're hoping and their hope is that it helps these linebackers free them up to make plays they added von bell in free agency who should certainly uh be in the box and be in in there with eckler multiple times probably a lot on sunday he's made plays uh all training camp against the run with giovanni bernard and joe mixon so i would expect that to be the case again on Sunday. So I think the game's going to be decided there. The Bengals prioritized it with a lot of their free agent signings and what they did in the draft. And so we'll see if an off season of retooling and work, albeit a weird off season, we'll see if that's, uh, that's enough to initially boost uh, a run defense that, like you said, was one of the worst in the NFL. Yeah. And I think the other big part of the Bengals defense will be that secondary going up against maybe Mike Williams. I mean, we'll see at this point, he was practicing today. And Keenan Allen, I mean, there's not much after that. But the Bengals are another team that's gotten bitten by the injury bug. They had to place Trey Waynes on injured reserve. Obviously, the Chargers had to place Derwin James on injured reserve. So we definitely know the pain there. But what player in that secondary are you most concerned about in week one going up against the Chargers? There is a very boom or bust replacement for Trey Waynes in the Bengals secondary named Darius Phillips, who is going to play outside opposite William Jackson. And Phillips is a guy who is a little bit of a gambler, but has fantastic ball skills, pretty good coverage ability, generally speaking. But last year, 
He had right around 100 total coverage snaps last year. Had four interceptions, though, in that limited period of time. So a lot of ball production. At the same time, he got burnt a few times, too. And when you have a guy as savvy as, as Keenan Allen over there, that's a matchup that probably skews toward the Chargers. But it, it's really hard to tell just because of the the streakiness, perhaps, or, or the boomer bust potential at, at that particular position. So I think that one is going to be worth watching. But at the same time, despite the money Trey Wayne's got, in, in terms of actual skill drop-off from, from Trey Wayne's to Darius Phillips, I'm not sure really how big that gap is. All right, well, a special thank you to James and Jake over at Locked On Bengals. I think we got some very informative insight on the Cincinnati Bengals this weekend and what to expect from guys like A.J. Green and Joe Burrow. But we'll be back with you guys tomorrow, and we have a very packed episode tomorrow for you guys here because we're going to be getting into our keys for success for this weekend's game against the Bengals, as well as getting into our final game predictions and making some bold predictions as well. But until then, make sure to go follow us on Twitter at LockedOnLAC and to like the Facebook page Locked On Chargers, as well as subscribing to us on Apple Podcasts or giving us a follow on Spotify in rating and reviewing. We would really appreciate it. If you guys want to get on the next voicemail show, the number is 323-524-7924, and every Chargers voicemail gets on the show. But we'll be back with you guys tomorrow to talk about this weekend's game. Until then, take it easy and go Bolts.